thank you, uh, praise team, for that wonderful time of worship and, and praise to our Lord. We're blessed uh, to be able to gather together. It's good to see a good group this morning. I uh, want to thank you for being with us. And uh, we have many things to be thankful for. And uh, we're excited for you, David, and Becca. I think Becca's out. And to see uh, uh, Stephen, you're beautiful, and Cassie, your beautiful baby, here with us this morning is a, a real blessing. Uh, we have uh, God's gracious mercies uh, to us and wonderful things and many things to be thankful for. If you'll turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 7, we're in the latter part of the chapter. And it begins with verse 14 this morning, so uh, I would like to read those verses. I'm going to read from 14 to the end of the chapter. We won't get that far, but uh, we'll get a number of verses there. And So I'll read out loud. You follow along. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh sold into bondage of sin. For that which I am doing I do not understand, for I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing that I hate. But if I do the very thing that I do not wish to do, I agree with the law, confessing that it is good. So now no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which indwells me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh, for the wishing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For I am the good, for the good that I wish I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not wish. But if I am doing the very thing that I do not wish, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wishes to do good. For I joyfully concur that the law of God in the inner man, or with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. Wretched man that I am. Who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh, the law of sin. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word, and uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word, for the truth that you've given to us for that revelation of yourself uh, and of ourselves that we may know you and that uh, through the, the power and the grace that is found in Jesus Christ that by faith we may know uh, victory in the Christian life and in walking with you that our steps may be ordered in accordance with your word Father in heaven, I ask your blessing upon your people this morning, all those that are listening online, and uh, Lord, wherever your word goes, we know that it never returns void, that it always accomplishes the work that you do as Almighty God. And so I pray this morning that you would fill uh, the hearts of your people with your spirit, and that you would direct their attention to your word and the truth that is there for the living of the Christian life for each person. And God, we uh, love you and we ask for the blessing of your presence and your spirit with us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it's uh, certainly been interesting a uh, few weeks here in the, the first of uh, 2021. Um, and uh, we, uh, as we look out into a, a year with uncertainties and and uh, many things going on, uh, we 
are grateful to know uh, that our Lord and God still reigns on his throne, that um, that uh, the hope of our salvation is in Jesus Christ, and that there is, and don't lose these these truths, folks, that that God is, is in charge. He's completely uh, in charge of, of what uh, takes place. Uh, he's always sovereign. Uh, the nations rage and the kingdoms imagine vain things. And God laughs because he never loses control. He's, he's always in charge. He is the Almighty. He reigns from his throne in heaven. The earth is his footstool. And we can uh, rest <clears throat> in the reality that our loving Heavenly Father is in charge, complete charge. And he's working, and it, though it may not seem like it, he's working righteousness and justice. And these things are unfolding according to his wisdom, his plan, and his knowledge. So this morning I want to speak to you in Romans chapter 7 in regard to the war that takes place within the believer, the indwelling sin and the issue, the, the process of sanctification, uh, because here's the central truth, uh, is that um, within the law, we understand from our studies in Romans that we have been justified by God's grace through the work that Jesus Christ did, and through faith and trusting in that work, in the nothing in ourselves, in and of ourselves, but God is our Savior. It's the central uh, truth that runs all through Scripture, but is spoken of in, in a very direct and clear way as it, in regard to the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ, that God took upon himself flesh. He came, dwelt among us, uh, and he humbled himself. Uh, though he was rich, he became poor. Uh, he went to the cross of Calvary willingly. Nobody made him go there. He had the power not to go there. But he submitted to the Father's plan for the redemption of mankind. And our sins were placed upon him. We just sang about it. It's wonderful, wonderful grace of God and uh, the love of God and his expression of, of how much he cares for you is given to us in the, the words that we've studied here in the book of Romans. And then we've moved into a, a different section here where he's addressing what it means to be sanctified by the same principle, by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That's where... Our, our power, our victory is, any hope for the victory and grace over sin. So in the first part of, of Romans chapter 7 here, we looked at the law. He keeps going back to the law. In fact, we've never left the topic of the law. The Apostle Paul keeps addressing this issue. We found in Romans chapter 7 that, that Paul is explaining the law. He says, it reveals sin to us. It provokes sin, that the law actually provokes the sin that is within us. It convicts us of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us of, of sin. The law convicts of sin. It, it enlightens and tells us about the, the righteousness and glory of God. It exposes sin in our, our lives. Uh, you know, the Scripture says that the Word of God is live and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even dividing asunder the soul and spirits and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It gets way down in there, deep into the heart. Uh, you're, you're in my hearts. Uh, God uh, goes there with his word and with the law, with, with the revelation of what is right. And so, uh, and then it results, uh, Paul concluded in our studies in the past, I know it's been several weeks, but that that law results in death for all of us. There's none righteous, no, not one, none that seeks after God, none that does good. Uh, together we've become unprofitable. Uh, all of these things are true for each one of us. 
And God's law exposes that deficit in our lives and in our hearts. Uh, it leaves us in a, in a bad way were it not for, uh, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, but also to the Greek, and also to the Gentile. That's you and me. Uh, so uh, the glory of the gospel is that, um, that we're not ashamed of that gospel because it is the power of God and the salvation for all who believe. And we put our hope and trust in these things. So this morning we're, we're moving and the Apostle Paul is addressing a, a something that's very personal to him. And so let's go to verse 14 there and look at that verse. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am a flesh sold into bondage to sin. Okay, so this is Paul. Uh, and he, if, if you notice in this verse, and unfortunately we had this disconnect of several weeks with what we looked at in Roman, uh, earlier part of the book of Romans here. But if we look at this verse, there's a change and a transition, and he goes to the personal pronoun, I. Okay? So one of the first questions that, that we get to here is... Uh, uh, our fleshly nature does the things that the law condemns. Uh, and and there's, there's basically two points in our passage. And uh, the first point here is kind of the big point, and it goes that our fleshly nature uh, does the things that the law condemns. And you can see in your notes there uh, that our fleshly uh, nature also, um, it... Uh, it will not permit us to do that which is righteous and good, that we can't find that there. Uh, our flesh cannot do the good things that the law commands. And thus, we come to that position, that place, where um, we find our, our, uh, this issue that the Apostle Paul is bringing up. So Paul's personal experience in sanctification is given to us here in these verses. For I know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh. Okay, here's the big question that that and it's controversial, so I want you to know about it. But I'm really hoping and praying that that for those that have been with us uh, through the study of the Book of Romans, that there's not really any question in your mind about which view to take. Um, but some people believe that, that Paul's pre-regenerate state under the law is being addressed here, that Paul's going back to, to who he was as a, uh, a Benjamite, as a, a Jew, as a Hebrew Pharisee, and, and, and expressing the you know, part of, of, of salvation. In other words, he goes back to the issue of justification. <coughs> Some people hold that the uh, that it's uh, another view is that it's a universal principle of the law for every man uh, saved people and unsaved people um, the view that I take and I think that that uh, with our studies that you would agree that Paul's re as a regenerate man as a believer is expressing the wrestling uh, that his fleshly nature has uh, and and that uh, wrestling of his fleshly nature to death, to the principle uh, that, that we are dead in Christ Jesus, that, that out of our dying to self and that this, this uh, sanctification principle, out of our dying to self, the life of Christ is manifested in his people. And there's a, a, a challenge there because in spiritual warfare in the fallen world that we live in, we not only have a conflict with demonic forces, with spiritual forces, with Satan, but we also have a conflict with the fleshly nature. Um, and as a believer, most of you should be aware of that uh, and, and, and realize that uh, the things that I would like to do, I do not do. Uh, the things that, uh, that, that should be according to the, the things that I have with this new desire that God has given to me, I'm struggling with. 
And the reason for that is that the scripture teaches that the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And that's our lot here until in God's uh, glorification of his children, we receive a resurrection body uh, at, at, the, the, at the rapture of the church for, for believers. So when that takes place, this body of sin and death is actually done away with and we receive a new resurrection body. But, before, but as we come to that time that we're going to have this struggle of the flesh warring against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So basically that's what I'm going to say this morning. If we look at that verse again, <clears throat> we find that the, that the law is spiritual. So the law, uh, it's very clear that, that God is saying that the law is holy and just and good. So we can learn things from the law. Uh, it is spiritual. And Paul's, he's really stressing this point uh, about, about God's law. It is a revelation of his righteousness, of his goodness, of, of the, the, the very nature of God. It's based upon who he is. And therefore, it's good. But, but what it does to us uh, and to Adam 1, to all of those who in rebellion uh, have, have come under mankind's rebellion against God is <clears throat> that it convicts us of our need for a Savior, of our need for salvation, of that need for that interchange in our life that actually brings about the outward change that produces the fruit of righteousness. And these are the things that Jesus Christ talked about. He mentioned that I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me bears much fruit, but for without me you can do nothing. So the idea of the fruit being born is this process of sanctification where we die to self and the life of Christ is manifested in us by the power of God. Okay, so we want to talk about these things because it's going to be, uh, Paul is, is meticulously working through the, the process here. As we get to Romans chapter 8, we'll find that the very things that are said and stated up front in Galatians chapter 5, for instance, the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And he talks about this battle and conflict that we have but he makes the point that the, it is the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, uh, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, uh, um, faithfulness, and, and self-control, and, and, uh, and mercy, and gentleness. Uh, these, this fruit of the Spirit comes by the, the indwelling work and power of the Holy Spirit. He produces that. Christ produces it in us. And so what happens in Romans chapter 8 is we come to the work of the Holy Spirit and what it means for the, the Spirit, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus to be manifested in, in, in and through us. This is essential for us. It's so necessary. It's so needful for us to understand this conflict and to understand that while I want to love God and serve God, that I have this ongoing conflict because the Apostle Paul has it and he expresses it here in these verses. I am of the flesh into the bondage, sold into the bondage to sin. And the law is spiritual and holy and just. Now, uh, regenerate man's strength apart from the Holy Spirit is, is, uh, is, is addressed here by the Apostle Paul. He's saying, the law is holy and just and good, and, and I, I want these things, but, uh, and, and, and because we have this new desire that's been given to us when we were born again, we long for those things, and God creates that stirring and longing for your heart. That's why you're here this morning, because you want to know God's word, because you want to pursue God, because you want to worship God, and God has given us that desire. Uh, I think I can uh, is is uh, the expression of our flesh uh, moving in and uh, attempting to uh, to adjust. Uh, 
the thing that's most necessary for us, and it's part of the battle. It's part of the flesh warning against the spirit and the, and the spirit against the flesh. Uh, what we've got here are two natures, uh, our fleshly nature, the Adamic nature, that wants to do what it wants to do, wants to please itself. And the principle in sanctification is that we must die to self. That's why so many um, programs and, and so-called Christian programs are off base because it's about changing or reforming the old nature. It's about saying, I think I can, I think I can, rather than realizing that, okay, I've got my fleshly nature here and the Spirit of God uh, and the power of God uh, needs to, uh, I need to know God is my Savior. Not 12 steps, not this or that or one thing or another, not behavioral modification, but the power of God to transform his people and to do those things in the heart and in the life that is necessary for the fruit of God to be born in the people of God. So we have two natures and the impossibility of victory for our born-again nature apart from the Holy Spirit. This is the message this morning. Uh, and as we get into chapter 8, you'll see that the priority is that the Holy Spirit must do in and through us what we can't do in of ourselves. And our tendencies are going to be to constantly go back to that uh, fleshly uh, desire to, to make myself presentable to God. And it's just, it's part of the nature of our, 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 it's part of our old sin nature. It's part of the nature of Adam that we want to earn. We want for our works to be the, the factor that, that accomplishes uh, uh, God's work within us. Uh, and, and we need to understand that the Apostle Paul is saying in these verses that we must put self to death. And he's in this conflict, just as you and I have been, in the conflict of knowing the power of God and his salvation over these different areas of our lives, right? Because we're going to struggle uh, as, as believers in this fallen world and these fallen bodies uh, all the way up until the time that we, that we die and this body of sin and death is done away with. Uh, and there with Christ in our disembodied states, it'll be great to be with him. But there will be a day, you know, and possibly some of us won't even go to the grave. Uh, but there will be a day when, when they, these bodies will be transformed. And that's the resurrection, the glory, the resurrection, and the power of God to salvation for his children. So uh, we find then the law is spiritual and holy and just. And then the flesh is carnal. It's material and worldly. And even if we turn toward religious things, and this is the thing that it, it must be uh, necessary in your understanding that we, uh, we turn uh, toward religious things and sometimes religion, uh, I shouldn't say sometimes, religion is more diabolic than hedonism. It just is. It's why the, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, were... Uh, were the ones, the religious people, were the ones that crucified Christ. Uh, so if we turn toward just religion without the relationship of Christ and without this understanding that out of death to self the life of Christ is manifested in me, then we, we miss the, the whole thing. We've, we've gone to a religious works basis that cripples us and cripples the believer from that which is necessary for living the Christian life. Uh, bottom line, God, you are my Savior. Lord Jesus, help me. Fill me with your Spirit. Forgive me of my sin, because in my heart and in, in this body of sin and death, uh, it turns uh, constantly against God, whether it uses religion or hedonism. Uh, either way, it's the nature of our flesh to feed the flesh. So the flesh is, is carnal, it's, it's uh, material and worldly. Uh, and, and then we find that uh, not only that, our fleshly nature is dominated under sin. 
It can't change. We can't, uh, by our strength and our power and our willing willfulness, uh, make it right before God. We want to, uh, and that's part of the desire, and it's the, the confusion often in the Christian life, is that we want to make it happen, and, and we want to, to uh, establish that worthiness boasting, the Scripture says. Uh, it is excluded. By what law? Uh, uh, by the law of works? No. But, but by the, the law of faith. Faith in Christ Jesus. That's where our boasting is. Our boasting is in Christ is my Savior. Our, our proclamation, our testimony is that God has saved me. He has done these things because I couldn't do it. It's the grace of God. He's our Savior. It's, it's a very simple thing. If we understand it, we understand not only the, the, the principle of, of being justified before God and knowing and having the assurance that we're justified before God, but we also have the assurance that he is, is going to work these things out. That we're his workmanship. He's doing these things in our lives. He's the potter and we are the clay. And God is doing it. It is to his glory that this is accomplished. So our fleshly nature is dominated under sin. And Paul wants for these believers to understand. He's given this. And God has given this message to us in his word. That you and I may understand that our fleshly nature is dominated under sin. And it can't change. It won't change. It will go that way all the way to death. And it must die in order for the glory of the resurrection and for the the, the, the full glory of what Christ has done for us to be expressed and to be seen and to be known. So we long for the resurrection. Don't you long for the return of Jesus Christ? And don't you long for the, the release of these bodies uh, of sin and death to the glory that God has planned for you? And we know so little about it, but, but we, I mean, we know certain things about Christ's resurrection, resurrected body. We know that it's eternal, and that's, that's outside our understanding as well. You know, how do we understand and get our, our mind to grip around eternal life and bodies that don't even need sleep? You know, how do, just, it's just too much. Uh, but the glory of it is, is inconceivable, and God's word is good. It's true. And what he says about it is true, and it's something that we can uh, long for and glory in because uh, it's already ours in Christ Jesus. It's already been accomplished. He's already done what he has done. So our fleshly nature is dominated by sin. And then let's look at verse 15 there. For what I am doing I do not understand, for I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. So if this is the Apostle Paul saying this, uh, he sounds like a very confused man. <laughs> and, uh, but he's, he's just expressing the ongoing and the acknowledgement that there's this ongoing battle between the flesh and the spirit. And he's saying that in my flesh, uh, what I'm doing, I don't understand it, you know, for I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing that I hate. He's, he's, he's acknowledging that, that though he hungers and though God has given him this, this new desire, that there are things within him where he, he recognizes that the flesh does the things that he hates, contrary to the, the new desires that have been given to him in Christ Jesus. So Paul's a regenerate man here. He's not speaking about about um, uh, about the life before Christ. And I think verse 25 expresses that. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other, the law of flesh. So he's saying this. Okay? Um, and we find that in this verse here, and it's expressed completely there in verse 25, Paul is wrestling with the flesh, just like you do. Isn't that good? I pray that you all are, because if you're not, then, then you don't have that inner desire, and, and there's something wrong. You know, you need to, to uh, well, do I, I know Christ? And if I know Christ, then that desire and, and, and his spirit should be working in our lives and, and creating that hunger. Uh, but I often speak with people that are, that are concerned, you know, they say, I just, I'm, 
you know, my, my, my desire for, for God is, and my, my prayer life is not what it should be. And I, I know that I'm not uh, focusing upon him. And, and, you know, I know that I need to be, well, and, and sometimes they're concerned about even their salvation. Uh, but that's the, the, the most clear indication that the person is saved is, is they're in the, they're in the, the battle. The flesh is warring against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And we should, ex- we should accept that that's the reality of living the Christian life. I know that we need to go, uh, that I need to be deeper in my love for the Lord. And I know that he needs more of my attention and there should be a, a, a greater balance of, of the pursuit of the glory of God. You know, with all the things that are going on, what's the most important thing? The glory of God. Now, his glory. Uh, and if we know him and love him and we get, God's put that desire and hunger in our heart, then we're, we're, we're moved toward, we should be moved toward that. And, and the realities are that uh, the love is very shallow there. The, the acknowledgement, the focus, the attention of, over the main thing is often distracted in our lives. Is it not? Well, this is what Paul is saying. And, and he's saying that... that uh, and God is saying to you, I understand that. Uh, and, he, and he really has a, a, a way in which we can move on and that we can, can spiritually grow. And that's the, the process of sanctification. It's what God is, is doing in our, our lives. For, for what I am doing, I do not understand, for I'm not practicing that, what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. So Paul acknowledges that he does the things he hates here. Uh, how many of you have said, even this week, I want to serve the Lord with all my heart? And, and maybe uh, uh, those times, you know, you've made that decision. I want to serve God. Uh, and, and, but how many of us have actually stayed on task to that? Uh, it's just, it's that battle. It's the, the flesh warring against the spirit. Uh, I do not know what I am working. He says, I do not know what I'm doing here. And this word, it means, it means what? It, it's, it's more of a, a, the idea of work, what you're performing to completion. I do not know what I'm, what I'm bringing about to completion. Um, what I'm working out to completion or bringing uh, that task to, uh, to the end and to the desired end. Uh, and then he says, I'm not practicing what I want to do. There's three Three verb, uh, uh, verbs here that, that express uh, his desire. I'm not working. I'm practicing that which I, I uh, uh, not what I want to do. Uh, and, you know, it was just, it was this past week um, that Lori and I, we were, I'd gotten the guitar out. We were, there's a, a, a little course that we sing. Um, and it's by Milan in February. It's a, a song. He says, "There is no room in my heart. You have consumed every part. Everything else I must refuse. There's no room in my heart, but for you." And we were singing that little chorus. I said, "You know, I just stopped. I said, don't you wish that that there was no room in my in your heart?" And and you know, it's just like. Don't you wish that there was absolutely no room in your heart except for the glory of God and the relationship with God and those things that are, that are so hugely significant to us that we so often overlook for the pampering of the flesh and because we, we really haven't, uh, haven't embraced that, what Jesus called, he, he that, uh, that, that loves me, take up your cross and follow after me. What does the cross mean? It means death. It means putting to death our selfish and fleshly desires that the life of God is manifested in us. It's a challenge. And and how do we do that? Paul is saying here that as a regenerate man, I have this battle, this struggle in my life. So, and then a, a third point here, I am doing what I hate. And, and this word is, is the word for doing or working. Uh, so you got, uh, you, you get the, the 
the theme of this verse. I'm, uh, for what I'm doing, I do not understand what I'm bringing about to a completion. I do not, uh, I do not know what I'm doing. Uh, for I'm not practicing what I, I would like to do. Okay, there's the want. That's the spiritual nature, the regenerate nature in, in Paul. I want to do these things. Uh, but the, I'm doing the very thing that I hate. So doing, doing, doing. And what we're doing. Paul's interested in what we're doing. The Lord is interested in what you are doing. Which brings us to verse 16. But if I do the very thing that I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. So here Paul's new nature agrees that the law is good. He agrees. Jesus I want to live like you, not like the world. The law is good, um, and I do not want to do, I do the very thing that I do not want to do. And, and Right? Is, is this your experience? Uh, I know of, of certain believers that, <clears throat> that believe in perfectionism, and they believe that they've that come to perfection, and I think some of those that would hold the view that this was Paul before, because Paul, you know, he... He knew how to do it, and and it's 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 a misunderstanding of the spiritual life and our walk with God. It's a misunderstanding of Scripture, and it's it's detrimental to us. It's damaging uh, because uh, our 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 new nature agrees that the law is good, but the law can it brings conviction to us. Uh, it it uh, shows that uh, that and and the idea of of agreeing that. Uh, that it's inherently excellent, that it's morally excellent or in, intrinsically good. The law is good. It does what it's supposed to do, and it brings us to that reality that I need a Savior. I, I not only needed him to, to, to give to me eternal life, but if I'm going to live and actually experience this eternal life that God gave to me, I need a Savior. And even as a regenerate person, this is what is necessary for us. So his new nature does not desire to do contrary to the law. Okay? Our, our new nature doesn't want to do contrary to the law. Um, and, and this is true of us, right? Uh, because our, our fleshly nature is like this character on the street corner here. Uh, suddenly I have the urge to juggle a machete. Why does he have that urge? Because what does he see? There's a principle, a law there, right? What does the law say? No juggling the machete. Yeah, don't can you can you not read that? Anyone can anyone see it? Maybe the people on the front row here. Okay, he says he's he's speaking to his wife on the corner. I have an urge to juggle the machete, and the sign says no juggling the machete. So it's the essence of our human nature. It's the essence of the flesh. Uh, and the and the the so the law brings these things out and it's good in that sense, uh, but he's making clear that the law doesn't bring uh, or or work salvation in God's people. So God's law uh, under the new covenant then is written in the heart. It's written in your heart, and that want to that desire that you have is because uh, that that. Uh, nature of, of the spirit that, that God has given to you in new life when you were born again uh, wants and desires uh, the right thing. And, and if we go back to Jeremiah 31, 33, we find uh, this, this word in Scripture uh, and the promise of the new covenant. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and on their heart will I write it. So that desire, that hunger that you have to do God's will is given to you by God's Spirit in the new covenant when you were born again. I will be their God and they shall be my people. This is the, the nature of someone that's been born again. Uh, we want to be God's people. And uh, we have these things in our heart. Uh, and then we go to verse 17. So now no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. Paul's old nature does what his new nature hates. OK? 
okay? That still con- that conflict is there, uh, and it's to be expected because with the new nature, the old nature not being uh, put to death or dead, uh, it means that, that Paul's old nature works out or accomplishes or performs in him uh, those things that he, his new nature hates. <clears throat> so sin dwelling in Paul's Adamic nature does the things that he hates. Uh, the flesh against the spirit, there, there's the conflict, and it's Paul's personal testimony in these verses. And secondly, it, uh, there's the, the, the idea that the regenerate Christian longs for moral purity of the law. And both of that is, is in the believer. Uh, and it should be within you if you're uh, complacent and, and simply don't care about, about uh, these things, then, uh, then you need to consider whether you're, you know the Lord or not. Because if you've been born again, then you want the things of God. God uh, puts those desires, that hunger within us. Uh, so, uh, and then let's go to verse 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. So Paul's saying, and notice the, the personal nature of, of how, what he's saying. He's saying, I know that, that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. So he's saying, my, in my flesh, there's nothing good there. And that's exactly what he said in chapter 3, right? There's none righteous, no, not one, none that seeks after God. Uh, together we've become unprofitable. And uh, all of this uh, idea of, of the the human flesh, our human nature under the Adamic fall is, is true of us. It, it's just, it's contrary to God. It'll always be contrary and always be in rebellion. Uh, and it can't be uh, changed uh, except uh, through the, the new covenant and the giving of a, a new nature being born again. There's no way uh, to, uh, to ever fix that. And, and it's not put to death in the believer until his resurrection. There's no perfection. There's no reaching that, uh, that what, God, what God's word says and what we'll see in chapter 8 is that he has predestined us to be conformed to his, his, to his son, Jesus Christ. So how many of you can say, uh, yeah, I'm conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? How many of you would, would dare to go there? Right? Uh, it's just not true of God's, God's children. It's not true uh, of us in that completion, in, in the form in which God has predestined it and intended it for us uh, until the resurrection, we receive the resurrection body. It does not yet appear what you shall be, but when Jesus Christ appears, you will be like him. That's, that's what we look for and long for and know uh, and, and have hope in because it's his word to us. Uh, so our flesh cannot do the things that the law commands, but the sin uh, dwells in Paul's Adamic nature and pro- prohibits him from doing good. Uh, and then uh, there's a couple of points that I would make here. The desire is present, but the power to do good is not. And this is the point that we want to get to this morning, make sure that, we, that we're on solid ground here. The, the desire is present, so in the new nature, Paul's new nature, he's got a present desire now. I long for God. I want to serve God. I want to love God. I, I, I want to be free from this body of sin and death. And that the desire is there, but the power to do that good, Paul says, I don't find it within myself. Can't find it. It's not there. And secondly, Paul lacks the power afforded by the Holy Spirit to do good. And this, this is the key here. Um, and I'm kind of giving this to you because it, he moves to it in chapter 8. Uh, but it's essential that we, that we understand. And Galatians chapter five, uh, uh, 5 verse 16 has this to say. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Okay, so there in, in uh, Galatians chapter 5, Paul is saying... Um, 
that if you walk in the Spirit, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Well, why does he say that? Why does he teach it? Because the desires of the flesh are being worked out. Uh, and he's saying that, that the key to, walk, to, to, to living the Christian life, to having a good walk, is to walk by the power of God's Spirit. His Spirit with, working within you. And it's, it's really essential, and we'll, we'll get to it, uh, and we'll get to, to more of, of what it means here. But the, let me just say these things, that uh, your new nature is not enough. That, that will. Notice that, that the word, the actual word for, for what I want or what I desire is the word that's also used for will. So what I will, I, I do not do. Why is that, does that happen? Because we lack power. We lack the power to complete our will, right? Okay, so where does that power come from? Does it come from man? Does it come from our flesh? Does it come from within us? Does it come from who we are? You know, I'm Jim Davis. I can do this. Well, that's what Peter said. You know, that's what uh, the apostles went through. And, but, but what we learn is that the power comes uh, from God. It comes from his Holy Spirit. If we're going to have victory uh, and if we're going to have real godly sanctification and victory, it must come from this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It must come again. Here's the key. By God's grace through faith, right? It ought to be, you ought to dream about it. Uh, I mean, we've said it so much. Uh, but we've said it in regard to, to justification. But, but please understand that in regard to sanctification, it's just as significant. It's so hugely important for us to understand that walking by the power of the Spirit, walking by God's Spirit, walking by God's grace through faith, is, is the, the way that we have sanctification. It's the way that we, that we know victory. And so what do we do uh, when the flesh wins? It wins the battle. And, you know, normally you go, oh, God, what's wrong with me? Do I need to get saved again? You know, I mean, you know, we have all of these, 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 these thoughts and this, this struggle and this battle. And, and what we do is... We have a mediator before God, one who's made propitiation for us. And we go to him and we confess our sin. And the scripture says that if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive that sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And God does that. So we go to God uh, and, we, and we go to the one who is able to save us. And we, uh, we, we cry out for his mercy again. And there we find not only that God said he's faithful and just, he's faithful because of what Christ did to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. God is able to do that. And how many times have you uh, shared and you talked with someone and they said, you don't understand, I, I can't help it. You know, I'm mean, spoke, spoken with the homosexual and they say, you know, it's just, it's just the way I was made. I can't help it. Well, right, you can't help it. And that's the thing that we need to understand. You know, look, I know you can't help it. None of us can help it. We're all under sin. But the power of God, the power of salvation in Jesus Christ is able to deliver you. He's not only able to forgive that sin that we've committed, but he's also, the scripture says, able to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a wonderful thing that God has done and, uh, and we can know that, that forgiveness of our sin uh, when our flesh wins the battle. But his promise is that he cleanses us from all unrighteousness as well. So where do we go from there? there you go, okay, God, you've, I know that you've forgiven me because your word says it. I know that you've, you're going to cleanse me because by faith I believe in the power of your word. I believe in the authority of your word. So I'm going to trust and believe in you and trust what you say. So, so how does sanctification take place? Well, it takes place this way. Then what do we do? 
then for me, it's like, Father in heaven, fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may walk in your Spirit. Because if we walk in the Spirit, we will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Does that make sense? Uh, are you ready? Are you ready to, 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 to keep our mind and our focus upon the power of God, the power of our Savior, the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to do those things in and through us that we cannot do for ourselves and by the power of our own flesh and by our own ability? But to know the power of God and to boast in the power and the glory of God and to boast in His salvation, it's, it's what you're called to. And he wants to display you. You're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Those are things that you do. Good works that glorify God in heaven. That's our calling. That's who we are. That's my identity. And despite my failures and the shortcomings in all the many ways that I fall short of what Christ has called me to, he is able. He's able to deliver you. He is able to make you a beautiful trophy of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord God, for your great mercies and for your loving kindness. Lord, uh, I pray uh, that you would be pleased to, um, to deliver us and to teach us what it means to be filled with your Spirit and what it means to walk in the Spirit. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, our comforter and help and the powerful deliverance that he is able to work in each one of us. Enable us, O oh Lord, to abide in Christ and may our indwelling flesh be put to death by faith in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> may we fully know the glory of the cross and forbid that we should glory or boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And may we know the full reality that the world has been crucified to us and us to the world. May we gain Christ and may we be found in him not having a righteousness of our own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from you, our Heavenly Father, on the basis of faith, that we may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that we may attain <clears throat> to the glory of the resurrection from the dead. And may we press on so that we may lay hold of that for which we were laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Help us to forget what lies behind and reach forward to what lies ahead. And may we encourage one another to press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of you, our Lord and God in Christ Jesus. May there be no room in our hearts for anything else but you. May you consume every part and let us refuse every enticement of this world and long for your presence. <clears throat> Make known to us the path of life in our journey through any future dark days. May we know your presence and find the fullness of joy that is there. Open your right hand where we may know your holy pleasures forevermore. And satisfy us completely in the breadth and length and depth and height of the love of Christ Jesus our Lord. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To Jesus Christ be the glory and honor and majesty. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen. <clears throat>